Hi, I'm Dora from Dora Nicolau and my drink of choice is a chai. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode 62, Uplifting Your Online Profile the podcast for Australian women in business who are looking for connection and the support of other women who are sharing the same business journey. It's Dora here today, and I'm super excited to connect you with our guest speaker, Erin Huckle from Chuckle Communications. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Welcome, Erin. Hi, Dora. Thanks for having me. Lovely to have you on the podcast. Um, Erin, tell us a little bit about what you do. So at Chuckle Communications, I am in the business of raising the profiles of my clients. So I do a mix of um, proactive PR campaigns and creative content and copywriting for clients and also a lot of amazing award entries. Um, And everything I do is really about helping my clients to raise their profiles and just giving them that confidence to connect with their audiences in the right places and, and finding where they might be hanging out. So I work with a lot of business owners, in particular women who are brilliant at what they do. And it's just about helping them get that exposure, build their confidence in in getting their messages out and turning up in the right places. Great. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your past work work life before you um, started your own business? Sure. Yeah. So I have actually been working in and around PR for 20 years this year, which is making me feel quite uh, long in the tooth. Uh, But yeah, so my um, career started back in 2002, end of 2002 it was, after I graduated university, I had a job working for HarperCollins Publishers as a book publicist, which felt like a bit of a dream job at the time. I really had a lot of fun the couple of years I was working there. I got to go on book tours with some great authors, people like Dr. Carl, got to take him on a book tour around the country. So it was a really fantastic sort of introduction to the world of PR and publicity. And things were quite different 20 years ago. Like uh, we used to send press releases out in the post still. Um, And we even used fax machines sometimes. (laughs) I remember those days. (laughs) Yeah, and we had this like quirky little trick when it came to posting out our press releases that we always printed them on coloured paper because the idea was that that coloured paper would stand out in the pile of press releases on a journalist's desk. That's so clever. (laughs) I don't know what the equivalent is for email pictures and press releases. I haven't worked that one out yet. Um, Yeah, so it was a lot of fun and, you know, very much you know, a great introduction to the world of publicity and and to publishing. And I have really a lot of respect for anyone who does work in publishing or who is a a published author because it's a lot of hard work and most people really are in it for the love and not the money. Um, So, yeah, that was a great introduction to PR. And then I went overseas to London and I worked in technology PR for I think it was about four years, which was completely different. Um, But again, working with quite big brands, one of my clients was uh, Research in Motion who make BlackBerry handheld devices. And at that time, BlackBerry was, you know, the cutting edge when it came to accessing emails on the go. And the idea of accessing your emails from your phone or your handheld device was still a little bit new. (laughs) So 
it was all about, you know, them as being the leaders in that field. And yeah, that was really interesting as well. And then we came back to Australia and I worked in a boutique agency, a PR agency in Sydney, which was fantastic. We did a lot of events, um, great clients. I got to work on the first couple of years of the Vivid Sydney Festival, which is when it first launched. Um, and obviously that's now a, a really big deal. So yeah, that was a great experience too. And then back to the UK, you'll learn that my life has been a split between the UK and Australia um, for most of my career, mainly because of my English husband who I met when I first moved to London. But we went back to the UK in 2011 and I worked for the tourism board in Nottinghamshire. So I got to do a lot of amazing work there, Nottingham and Sherwood Forest, home of Robin Hood. You know, we uh, had a lot of fun promoting that as a tourism destination and also as somewhere that people could come and host their events and bring their businesses. So, yeah, that was great. But, yeah, I've been back in Australia for four years now and um, running my business, I think this is about two and a half years in, so it's all still fairly fresh. But, yeah. Cool. That's awesome. <laughs> and what brought you to work for yourself after that um, epic beginning in your, of your career? <laughs> um, I guess like I've, I'd always been scared of working for myself. I don't know about you, but I just felt afraid of the idea of being on my own. Um, I'm quite a social creature and I've always loved the idea of being part of a team and you know, going into an, into an office and being around other people and getting that energy from other people. And I just thought, you know, I'd love to work for myself, but I just think I'd be too lonely and I'd miss people too much. But I really decided to start my business because of um, family life. And I guess that's a similar story for many mums who end up starting businesses, but we live in Wollongong and um, it's a great place, but I was really struggling to find a good fit for me in terms of a job when my youngest son was about one and I was ready to start looking and I just thought well I've got nothing to lose I'll just try and do something for myself and see if I can get some work as a freelance copywriter and, and now PR consultant as well so it was kind of out of necessity just to see if I could create something that was a little bit more family friendly my husband's a shift worker so I really needed to have that flexibility in terms of managing the work life balance with three kids and it was yeah I guess also unbeknownst to me I sort of started my business a few months just before a pandemic so I've only ever known my business <laughs> <during the> pandemic <laughs> um, and luckily for me in a way that meant everyone was working from home on their own <laughs> so it wasn't like it was just me stuck out here in my little hermit's cave it was actually everyone had to adjust to that new normal and I've definitely found having my own business isn't lonely in the slightest I'm constantly speaking to other people who run similar businesses or I'm speaking to my clients um sometimes I go to a co-working space so actually it's yeah my fears were completely unfounded yeah it's funny isn't it how things happen the timing the 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 thoughts that we have in our head and then we finally do it and it's like oh it's totally not what I had thought it was going to be <laughs> yeah exactly um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about uh, profile ra the profile raising you do. How do you help people go from being the world's best secret um, and being comfortable with putting themselves out there? So it's, uh, it's always a bit of a journey, really. So I do find a lot of people tend to work with me 
on an ongoing basis because they we start working together and it's about sort of working out well what is their story what are the messages that they could be sharing what are the topics that they could be positioning themselves as an expert in um, and often those initial conversations are really enlightening because I think often we are so close to what we do that we forget that other people would be quite interested and impressed by our knowledge. So, you know, just because we do something every day and think it's normal doesn't mean other people wouldn't be interested in finding out about that or learning from what we know. So a lot of the time when I start working with a client, it's really working out, well, okay, they have a, a potentially a product-based business, but maybe they're also, that means they're an expert on um, how to run a sustainable business or how to grow your business from being a solo entrepreneur to team-based you know there are different kind of areas of expertise that most people will have if you dig deep enough so it's about working out those sort of um, platforms that they could speak on or that they could have an opinion on those topics that they could share and then it's looking at well where could they be sharing their story whether that's through helping them get coverage in the media through helping them get coverage on things like podcasts um or even, you know, looking at awards that they could enter to help them raise their profile. So all of these things really come together to just sort of help them reach new audiences because often these people have a great existing network of people who know about them and what they do, uh, but it's about helping them connect with new people and sort of widen that circle of people who are aware of them and their, and their awesomeness. So... Yeah, it's a, it's a real mix of things. Um, and I guess being a writer as well is, is great because it means in the digital media landscape, there are often opportunities to submit things like guest articles and not everyone has the time or the skills to write an article. So that's where I can also help my clients with things like ghostwriting of feature articles so that they can get featured um, in the media and they can sort of delegate that work to me. So yeah, a lot of it is helping people. You know, I have some clients who are really new when it comes to profile raising and getting themselves out there. And then I have other clients who have actually done quite a lot of it before, but they're really time poor and they just need someone to be able to delegate it to. So um, that works as well. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, so what is public relations? And is it something you think all businesses should consider as part of their marketing mix? Yeah, I, I think public relations is really around, um, it's, a, it's a communication tool. So it's less of a sales tool and more of a awareness raising type tool and a communication tool for business. And I think public relations is definitely something most businesses should consider because you actually get a lot of bang for your buck. You know, I think a lot of businesses are looking at things like paid advertising on social media or even traditional advertising for their marketing budgets. But those things can be so expensive and, and, you know, a huge investment for businesses. Whereas, you know, working with a PR consultant or even choosing to try and do some PR yourself, you know, when I talk about public relations and PR, I really just mean the ways in which you can reach people and raise your profile with your public. So that's your audience. And traditionally a lot of that is media relations. So it's, for example, trying to get, editorial coverage in a, in a media publication that talks about you and what you do or, or shares your expert insight um, without having to actually pay to be included. So it's 
generally worth more than advertising because if you are reading a publication and there's an article that position, positions someone at a, as an expert, you're generally going to value that more than if you see an advertisement that says I'm an expert. So it's kind of giving you that, um, giving you that credibility, giving you that authority and helping you connect with people and raise your profile in an actually, it's a, quite an affordable way of doing that compared to things like advertising. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I find, you know, when I'm looking at using a supplier or, or you know, an organisation, I look for those credibility markers, you know, whether it's, you know, testimonials or media releases or um, case studies or, you know, and I think that really helps uplift their profile and it, it fills me with confidence, you know, that I can trust them because they've done the work for others before without, yeah. you know, without putting it out there in a sales icky kind of way, which is really good. Yeah, it just feels a bit more genuine. And I think PR can also be really useful. Like it works hand in hand with things like um, your SEO, for example. So we all know, well, anyone who knows anything about search engine optimization knows that a quality backlink is worth a lot for your website. So if you can get your website you know, included in an article on a major publication's website, that's worth a lot in terms of the backlink you get for your SEO, but it's also great for the sort of building that know, like, and trust, as you say, in a way that feels sort of genuine and authentic rather than just sort of salesy and paid for. So, yeah, I, I do think it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, cool. What about awards? Why, why are they come? sorry, why are they something businesses should consider entering? Is And is it hard to enter awards? Yeah, it's, um, I am a big believer in awards and my approach to awards isn't about winning awards, which sounds a bit counterintuitive, but if I'm speaking to someone and they're considering entering an award and they're kind of sitting on the fence about it, <clears throat> because they think, well, I would never win. You know, my first response is always, well, you do have to be in it to actually win it. So, you know, there's no chance of you winning if you don't even enter. But beyond that, the process of entering an award is such an amazing opportunity to reflect on your business and your success. You know, it's an opportunity to, you know, sit down or work with a copywriter to dig out all of those nuggets of gold. You know, often they'll ask you to look at, for example, the last a period of 12 months. And we're so close to the daily running of our businesses. You know, it's really rare for us to have those opportunities to sit there and think, actually, yeah, in the last 12 months, our sales have gone up by this month much, or we've reached this many new people, or we've launched this many products. You know, it's just such a great opportunity for reflection. So I often say to people, if you enter the award, yes, you might be in the running to win the award, and that's great for credibility building and, and also, you know, and profile raising. But it's such a great exercise in pulling together that content as well. And often you can repurpose that content. You know, you could pull some of that information and put it in your, your e-newsletter. You could put it on your website as a blog article, you know, you know, stats from the last 12 months, or it could just be something that you feed into different aspects of your own kind of content marketing because you've gone to the effort of creating it and then it's actually really worthwhile information to have. And then once you've used that for one award entry, there might be other awards coming up in a similar time frame that you can almost just repurpose some of that content. So it's, it's a great exercise. And most industries have some kind of awards program that you could look at entering. 
And like you said before, I think seeing that someone has been a finalist or even won an award is a great way of sort of building that, you know, authority and credibility, you know. And it's interesting because um, I've entered a few awards myself now and been a finalist in a few awards. And even being a finalist is worth a lot, you know. Then when I run into people, they say, oh, I saw you won that award. I didn't actually win. I mean, I was finalist, which is great. But I think it just sort of gives you this, this that shine kind of comes on to you because most people are so busy. They just say, oh, well, you've won something and they kind of see that that's a great thing. And it just sort of builds that awareness that you're doing good work and you're someone who people can can trust. Yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah, it is, it is true. You'd, I mean, you've still win, won something because you've won a, a finalist, you know, <laughs> award. <laughs> so, you know, and it is a good time to reflect and give yourself a pat on the back because, like you said, we get stuck in the day-to-day in the trenches and we don't stop to think, you know, or even if we do do a piece of work or um, we don't stop to go, oh, I did a really good job, you know, and it is a good time to reflect. No, exactly. And when you're in a small business or even working for yourself, you know, there are very rarely things like performance reviews and appraisals and opportunities for back padding that you might get in a bigger organisation. So, <laughs> so true. And if you're someone like me that loves that kind of thing, then entering an award is a good opportunity to do it for yourself, definitely. And I have found when I have written awards for other people, um, you know, you're right in in saying that, you know, you don't think it's important. You know, your client might not think it's important because they do it and they know it. Whereas, mm. you know, when I'm talking to them, I'm like, oh, that's amazing. They're like, really, it's not. And I'm like, well, actually it is because it's not something everyone does. It's not second nature. You know, mm. it may feel second nature to them, but it's not to people on the outside um, mm. because they yeah. live it and they do it every day. So they think, oh, anyone can do that. But in reality, no, not everyone could do that. It's like, you know, copywriting. You know, people, you know, will look at something we've written and they'll be like, oh, that's amazing. And we're like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, you think it's amazing. Whereas, you know, to us, it's like day to day, that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> so it is good to get someone else's view on it and someone else to kind of, you know, give it that bit of shine that we think is just day to day to us. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think if, um, if if anyone's out there considering entering an award, I always say do it. Um, yeah, because there are usually things happening. I mean, some of them are free to enter. Some have a, an entry fee and there's lots of different model, models of program, awards programs out there, which can also feel a little bit overwhelming. Um, but if in doubt, like, you know, people like myself are often happy to have a chat, give some advice or even reach out to previous finalists and winners from the awards programs and just ask them how they found the the process and if you if they'd recommend it to someone else you know even for me like in Wollongong we have a number of local business awards and they're a great place to start as well in terms of entering awards and raising your profile locally if that's relevant to your own business you know it's um, really valuable yeah great Uh, what's something our listeners can do today to start taking action on raising their own profiles so I think the thing anyone could do today, um, and I would love to hear from anyone who does it, is to sit down and think about whether or not you have a 100-word bio about yourself in terms of your business ready to go. 
I think everyone should have a, a bio on themselves written and ready to go. And by that, I mean, so 100 words about who you are, what you do, who you do it for, why you're great at what you do, telling your story, because over the last couple of years, especially with the move to sort of online outlets, that kind of thing, there have been a number of opportunities I've seen come through where people could take advantage of free, um, you know, profile raising or listings, that kind of thing on, on, you know, national websites, but you just needed to quickly send someone a hundred words on you or your business and, and sort of be able to jump on that opportunity. And I think if we don't have that already just sitting in a folder someone, somewhere in your computer, um, then it means you don't have the means to jump on that opportunity. But that hundred words could also form the basis of your LinkedIn profile. And I'm a big believer in LinkedIn as a profile raising tool because it's not as, you know, fun and frivolous as, as platforms like Instagram, but in terms of, um, you know, getting real business results, it's definitely where you should be hanging out, I believe, especially if you're in a service-based business like we are. And having that an up-to-date profile, you know, which only has to be those 100 words about yourself and who you are and what you do, just means that when you're then commenting on other, on other people's work or connecting with people straight away, they can see who you are and what you do. Because I think, again, we're often so close to what we do that we forget people don't actually know what we do. <laughs> and we just assume everyone else knows and they don't. And that's the same reason I'm a big believer in things like using that 100 words as a reintroduction post on your social platforms you know haven't told you for a while who I am this is what I do and this is who I do it for you know it can feel a bit cringy but actually you know it's really valuable because I've had a lot of work come through LinkedIn when I've done those kinds of posts people have said oh yeah I forgot that you do award entries and actually we want to enter this awards can you help you know those kinds of posts don't take long if you have those hundred words ready to go so I would say make sure you have something about yourself um, and your business ready to go so that when those opportunities come up you can really just jump on them yeah absolutely I love it and you can use your bio in so many ways it's like you can yeah. build on it for your about page which you know not everyone loves to write um, and there's lots of other ways you can repurpose it and and yeah totally it it really keep it helps keep you front of mind when you do those reintroduction posts and and remind people what you do and who you do it for definitely and if you are thinking about trying to raise your profile a little bit in the media and doing some outreach to, to journalists like having that ready to go is so handy to drop into an email when you're first contacting them here's a bit about me and what I do here's about me a bit about me and my business um, another great tool if I can give two recommendations is the source bottle email service which I'm not sure if your listeners will all be subscribing already but source bottle is a daily you get two emails every day and in those emails you get requests from journalists who are writing stories on various topics and they're looking for in experts to interview or you know input into their article and it can be such a broad array of things like I'm trying to think about what it was this morning but it was you know everything from you know have you bought a property recently um, in Sydney if so we'd love to hear from you or it could be we're looking for someone who can talk to us about cryptocurrency and what that means or it could be you know we're looking for someone to talk about 
why they want to keep working from home rather than returning to the office. So it can be, it's often a mix of things, but those emails come out every day. And again, if you've got something ready to go about yourself and you can quickly reply with why you'd be a great person to feature in the article and here's a bit about me, it just makes that task take a matter of minutes rather than deliberating for hours on what should I write and <laughs> never actually sending the email. Absolutely, yeah. It just makes that um, imposter syndrome a little bit easier to jump over. <laughs> kick that out of the way (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) kick it out of the way instead of jump it over yeah I like it (laughs) cool um Erin tell us um where our listeners can find you so if you google chuckle communications which is my uh, business name you'll find my website and my social platforms I'm also active on LinkedIn I'm Erin Huckle you can find me on there and yeah I'm always happy to connect with new people or hear from people via the website or through LinkedIn um, I do have an Instagram profile but it's not been very active lately I've just been too busy <laughs> with work and as much as I love Instagram as I mentioned before it's not actually um it hasn't proven to be an amazing marketing tool for me in terms of my business. It's great in raising a bit of profile, but in terms of landing clients and that kind of thing, I'm definitely finding LinkedIn as a bit more effective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially I found the same with, um, with my service-based business. Um, and actually even with some service-based businesses that I've been working for, LinkedIn is, is, um, it has been a, a good platform. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's always had a bit of a reputation of being a bit dull and a bit boring, but it can actually be quite effective and um, you don't have to be that active on there to be still probably in the top 10% of people who are active on there. You know, most people aren't that active on there, so it just gives, means that you've got a better chance of having your content be seen, which is great too. Cool, awesome. Can you give us a final thought or takeaway that um, people should take away from today's episode? Uh, I would just say, you know, we touched on it before when we mentioned imposter syndrome, but please get out of your own way and just get yourself out there. You know, I think we're all a little bit shy and we feel a bit cringy about talking about ourselves and putting ourselves out there. But when you put yourself out there and have confidence around pitching yourself, pitching your business, you know, reaching out to people and making new new connections, amazing things happen. And I just would hate to think of people listening today who are out there and actually they are really amazing what they do and they're just not putting themselves out there because it just feels a bit cringy or they just feel a bit shy about it. You know, I think getting out of our own way and actually realising we're all in the same boat and people aren't going to judge you if you put yourself out there. They're probably actually going to be really inspired and interested in what you say. Yeah, absolutely. That's really lovely. And, um, yeah, people sometimes don't think they're inspirational, but, you know, the things that they do really do inspire people and it motivates them to take that step as well to, um, you know, put themselves out there a little bit more. Definitely, yeah. I've met so many people over the last few years who are just amazing at what they do and just they've got no idea of how inspiring that is because they're so close to it, Yeah. Great. Okay, brilliant. And that's a wrap. And as always, um, kick-ass women and fellow workwives, remember you're not alone because collaboration is power, as we've shown today. And most importantly, we all get it. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. 
If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, take care and drink responsibly.